fellow travelers, welcome to the 44th level of the RPG Cave. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Turver, the level 99 human RPG. I'm only laughing because I'm pointing to myself, but no one can currently see me right now. And I'm joined, as always, by the level 99 elf medic, Mr. Garrett Bland. Garrett, how are you doing on this lovely, lovely, you know, Monday evening? You're in cyberspace at the moment, apparently. I am. I'm in the cyberspace. I got the background going. I know it's kind of bad without a green screen. My hands are invisible. And it looks like you turned on your invisible cloak (laughs) skill over there, Ryan. I I, I just can't see you at all. I I mean, I was adventuring in the dungeon, Garrett, and I came across a cloak of invisibility. I'm like, maybe I'll try this on. But I found out uh, too late, though. That it's a cursed, yes. It's a cursed cloak, so it's, you it's can't. A cursed cloak. So I can't actually take it off, unfortunately. <laughs> so no one can actually see me right now. Of course, Sean points out in the chat a good start to uh, our. Hey, our this we got to keep the bed going, man. All right. <laughs> actually, for for full transparency, it's just my computer unfortunately cannot keep up with the load of having you know both of us on screen at the same time. Apparently, because it's a computer from five years ago. But enough about all that. We're live right here at YouTube.com/slash Carpool Gaming, which is new for us garrett because we actually did this during carpool gaming day on friday Mm -hmm. um we did a live episode there but then we're live again this week and in fact going forward garrett the rpg cave is gonna be a live show thanks to everyone's support over on patreon over at patreon.com slash carpool gaming so huge thanks to everyone for you know supporting us um uh, both on carpool gaming day and then ever since then as well because i mean we've had just a lot of great feedback from the community since then, as well as some new patrons. So things have been awesome. And uh, yeah, it was it was a rousing success. So because of that, this show will be live going forward. So you can check out the live version if you're listening on audio feeds uh, every Monday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube.com slash Carpool Gaming. But as well, if you want to support the show, there's a number of awesome ways to do that. Number one, if you like what we do and you want to support us, Subscribe to us on your podcast feed of choice. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, pretty much all the places you find podcasts. So make sure to hit that subscribe button. Likewise, if you're watching us on YouTube during this live stream or if you're watching the VOD later, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Like this video. Comment below. Tell us whether or not you prefer action RPGs or turn based RPGs, because that's our topic tonight. So let us know about that in the chat below or in the comments below. And then, of course, ding, ding, ding. Ring that bell for those notifications to be notified about all of our newest videos over here at Carpool Gaming. Because guess what, folks? There's going to be a lot of videos going forward. So please be excited. And then last but not least, if you want early access to this and all of our shows, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Carpool Gaming. Right now, currently, we have some cool perks, including if you join at the $50 level, which is our ultimate producer tier, we have a limited edition Founders T-shirt. That is part of that perk right now. So if you want to get your hands on that T-shirt before it goes away forever, you got to join up. You got to become part of the crew. And then also, I lied. One last thing. We have a merch store, Garrett. We talked about it last week on the show as well. There's an RPG Cave shirt. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's designed by Confortato. Um, the link is in the show notes as well. Or again, if you're watching on the live stream, stream, I have the link in the description of this live stream as well. All right, Garrett, without further ado, it's time to read from the secret text and just imagine in your mind's eye that I'm, you know, pulling the scroll apart, Garrett, to read it. I mean, that's that's what's going on right now. So yeah, that's what you're doing right now. OK, cool. Sounds good. So I've talked an awful lot, Garrett. So I'm going to give you a chance to yes. hear what is our grand topic tonight? Because you came up with this amazing idea sure. for a show this evening. And I want to give you the floor on this one, my friend. 
Sure. We wanted to take a spin on a couple of genres in the RPG games um, universe, and we are breaking into two broad categories as the action RPGs and the turn-based RPGs. And what me and Ryan did, we called heads or tails, and first choice is one or the other. We're going to argue against each other what is better, the action RPGs or the turn-based RPGs. But more importantly, we're just going to have a fruitful discussion of the differences, similarities, and call out our favorite games uh, from the genre we chose and see which one is better, actually, you know? Because mm-hmm. we all let's, know. Let's see yeah. how this goes. Uh, yeah, because mm-hmm. we're representing opposite sides. A lot of times, usually Garrett and I are on the same page with this show. But tonight, we're button heads, Garrett. Get excited. I mean, because, I mean, Garrett is representing the side of action RPGs. Garrett won the yes. coin flip and he chose action RPGs. I will remind everyone of that. Whereas I ended up with turn-based RPGs, which honestly, if I would have won the coin flip, that's what I would pick anyways. Because, I mean, yes. you know, you probably know me from listening to the show, especially because I'm more of the old school gamer of the two of us. I'm probably more likely to, you know, be in the turn-based RPG camp than, you know, everyone else. So it makes perfect sense. Uh, So we're going to go through this as well. We also got some great feedback from the community because we also asked the community, uh, the Carpool Gaming community, um, what their preferences were. And we'll get to those a little bit later in the show. Likewise, if you're watching the live broadcast and you want to interact with us as well, um, you can let us know anytime throughout this show. And then when I get to the the community picks, um, we'll read off some of your suggestions in the chat as well. So without further ado, Garrett, I think it's time to get into this. First of all, this is the first time we've done a debate like this on the show. Um, So naturally what I'm going to do, what I'm going to suggest is we kind of go back and forth with each, with like one game a piece, kind of like we do on a lot of our other shows where we're, when we have like lists and stuff like that yeah. together. Um, and then we'll kind of present arguments back and forth as we go through it. So because you won the coin flip, Garrett, just like in, you know, football, do you have the, you have the right to choose to go first or second? Uh, I will go first. All I will right. try to put out strong for the action RPGs for sure. All right. But what, where do you want to start first with action RPGs? What Give me your argument for action RPGs, Garrett. Well, okay, so I, I did feel like I chose the underdog, but for good reason, okay? I think the action RPGs, even though the element itself of, of action games, per se, can be kind of overused in a lot of other games. You, can, you see a lot of RPG elements getting into action games now more presently. They've been around for a very long time, uh, ever since, you know, um, the series that I'm about to start with. And we actually mentioned in the previous RPG Cave, the Yeast series, you know, mm-hmm. the Yeast series and all of them over there have been going on for a very long time. Action RPGs are not just a current, like, you know, um, kind of novelty per se in the current RPG world. We it's been going around for a long time, Ryan. It's been going on since the turn-based games. So I just want to shout it out that, you know, action RPGs, they've been they've been around for a very long time and they've been very well engaged uh, comparatively to the turn-based games um, and the interactivity of action games. You know, you go into it in, in these East games and you just you know, mash those buttons and those levels go up and there's a story there as same as turn-based games. I, let me tell you, yeast games, they're super fun, Ryan. Yeah. That's, that's my first punch out is these classic games. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the forefront later. You know, I got some heavy hitters, you know, for the, 
the present action RPGs. Mm-hmm. I just want to start out with some a little bit of the classic here of the Yeast series. So what do you think? So it's so funny you say that you're just going to start ramping up, Garrett, because I feel like I've got yeah. a list of a stacked list you, of punches you, to the gut sure. going on here. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, sure, you can you can start start off slow if you want. But the Yeast series, I have to agree. I mean, the Yeast series is actually pretty awesome. Um, they, there are a lot of great games in that series, and it's really fun. I mean, the downside to those games is I just feel like playing a East game is not as fulfilling combat wise as like a fast action game or a souls like game or something mm-hmm. like that. Like something that's, you know, really like oh, action worry. combat we'll focused. And I know we're going to get mm-hmm. there with, with some of your later picks, but uh, at least with that series, that that's maybe it's little it's undoing versus a lot of my turn based lists where uh, t- list where it's like, it's going to be very easy to be like, Oh yeah, that's like one of the top, you know, turn based games around. And it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And, and it's fun from both a combat perspective and great from a story perspective. Um, whereas Ease, I think it falls a little bit flat when it comes to the combat versus the story. I think the stories oh. are great in those games. And I think the combat's fun, but it's not like I'm not going out of my way for the combat in that game, if that makes any sense. I, I agree with you on that. I just wanted to pull out a classic series like, hey, action games, they've been around for a long time. They're They're not just a current, you know, like go-to type of RPG genre. It's like Yi series has been around. So action action RPGs has its legacy right. since like the late 80s. So, so there you go. Nice. Nice. Well, that's a good that's a good start to this this debate here, Garrett. But I'm gonna go in the opposite direction here. And I did something a little bit different with my list. I didn't start with I didn't do go from like classical series to um, modern series or vice versa. What I decided to do with my list is kind of give you like the breadth of how the, the turn-based genre can be used because the one thing okay. about turn-based RPGs is that, that I think it works a lot better than action RPGs is that they can evolve in a bunch of different ways that are really refreshing that can almost, that you can s- s- slot like turn-based RPGs in a bunch of different genres even. So my five mm-hmm. games that I'm going to go through kind of represent that where I've got the most like classic of classic turn-based RPGs, but it's also a modern RPG when in uh, Persona 5, Garrett, because Persona 5 oh, on gosh. our thumbnail, you know, so- socking the to, to the face right there just to start. Persona 5, of course, amazing game. We, You know it from us. We've talked about it on the podcast many times. But the reason I want to start with Persona 5 is because it's essentially what I consider the modern day equivalent of like the, the peak of like the standard turn-based RPG game design, essentially where um, the gameplay in that in persona five, isn't really much different than even like going back and playing, you know, final fantasy six or something like that. Other than of course using your personas, but for the most part, the, the combat itself very similar to old school games that I remember playing on the Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis, um, but with a modern take to it. For example, the ability to sneak up on enemies and surprise attack in that way, because there's a lot of stealth mechanics in kind of the open world environment that play into the turn-based system um, to the way, you know, guns work their way into the equation as well as the elemental system. Cause it's all about, you know, uh, exploiting your enemy's weakness and then taking advantage of it and going in with the all out attacks with your, your party members. Uh, I just think Persona 5 is just the prime example. It, it like in this slot, I had either this or Dragon Quest 11, but I'm just much more perso- familiar yeah. with Persona 5. And I, I think Persona 5, I think is a better 
example of this and, and a good baseline to start with for for where the turn-based genre can definitely go for turn-based RPGs. So Persona 5 is my first heavy hitter, Garrett. We both know wow. it's amazing. We both know it's a masterpiece of a game, whether you're playing the base game or Royal. But Garrett, what, what's your rebuttal to, to my claims to Persona 5? Well, I love Persona 5. Don't get me wrong. It's a great game. And I remember playing it and finishing it in 2017. Granted, I have not played the Royal version, which I really would like to do sometime. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But do I have 120, 150 hours to spare? I I don't know. That's that's a very long time. Um, I felt like even though Persona 5 was a very good experience, and I agree with you on all your points, the pacing can be... Um, well, it's good for like the first 75% of the game. And then uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know about you, Ryan, but I felt it dragged on and on. And I'm glad you didn't say Dragon Quest XI because I heard that game. I was going to say, you if you want, want a game, a game that drag drags, on. it's Dragon Quest Eleven, Garrett. <laughs> for sure, man, for sure. And, you know, that's not like any indicative of like a turn-based game. I, 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 action games can be... Action RPGs could be long as well, but it's just like maybe with the turn base plus the story, the pacing can be, I feel like, you know, turn based games can be a little bit chopped up. Just just like, you know, you're going into a level, you're going into a dungeon. I know you're strategizing and everything, going in and out with all these elements, but you're still, it's still kind of breaking the game. It's like, all right, you're going into a battle now. And it's like, okay, sounds good. I'll, I'll pause for a second. And I think, you know, for you and I, Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. Um, but I think a lot, like the main audience, even the non-RPGs people, it's like they go to an action RPG. It's like, oh yeah, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be interactive. It's going to be super fun. It's going to have a flow to it if it's good, if it's a good action RPG. So that's my rebuttal for Persona 5 is the pacing. Now, it can be a little bit slow. See, here's the thing, Gary, and I, here's my mm-hmm. kind of reply to your rebuttal about Persona 5 is that, I don't think the pace of the game's problem has to do with the, being a turn-based RPG because I feel like mm-hmm. that's the type of game because of the way the story and the elements outside of the combat are concerned. Even if it was, if it was an action RPG, I feel like the pacing would just be as bad. Like, at, like regardless of whether or not, like if you took it out of it and if it was like Persona 5 Strikers, for example, because if you don't want to talk about a game that drags, I think Persona 5 Strikers also oh falls into that camp. Um, and that's that's a full action RPG, cousin. Garrett, right? So it I mean, is. That, that's why, like, I feel like like even though I, I understand your concerns with the, with the pacing with Persona 5, but I don't think that, you know, because it's a term, it, it doesn't apply in this situation because it doesn't. It, it, it's not because it's a turn-based RPG that that's a problem because I think the okay. combat in that game actually moves at a really fast pace for a turn-based game. Mm-hmm. So for and, a turn-based game. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually think it's pretty snappy when it comes to that. It's just a lot of the story elements for sure. I definitely agree with you on, on some of that stuff is <laughs> because again, oh, and, dragged on. and to be fair, it's kind of hard for any game that's a hundred hours long to not do that at least at some point. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, Persona 5 is definitely up there, but Dragon Quest definitely much worse, which is again, why I didn't pick this mm-hmm. for this, but Garrett, give me your, give me your next game. What's your next example to kind of prove the superiority of action RPGs? All right. You, you brought the heavy hitter of Persona 5. I'm bringing the heavy hitters, hitters of the Western RPGs, mainly circling around the Bethesda games. You know it, Ryan, these action RPGs 
are so good. And what they bring out, I think, other than the action RPG-ness of it, I know, we're going to get there, is that the stories that they tell and the flows of in and out of the environment. I think that's why um, it works so well is because they go into you know quests and characters and like they bring up a lot of relationships um a lot of different storylines exploration is kind of like the biggest thing in their minds um when you're going into these games and the action rpg-ness of it may not be the best in terms of combat let's say with the skyrim or maybe even witcher there's a lot of you know negative comments about that but like it's just the transition from going into town and then going out into the world and figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And the, with a turn-based game, I'm not too sure you can bring these games into a turn-based world. You could try, um, but I think because they chose an action RPG, and even with like Fallout series, you know, is they had got, they got the VAT system to strategize a little bit. So they're taking a little bit of the book from the turn-based game to make it a little bit more interesting. Um, I think. What really shines here is the the story driven uh, of these games, and then transitioning between into the action combat is it's just seamless, you know, going from in and out. It makes it very explorative, and that's why I'm very very into these Bethesda games, actually. So, Ryan, what do you think about my angle of Bethesda Western RPGs, the Skyrim's, the Fallout's? What do you think? So I definitely think that you're onto something there, Garrett, as far as talking about the, the pace of the game with, with action RPGs like Skyrim or, or Fallout or just any other Bethesda RPG where essentially, you know, you don't have to wait for, you know, a load screen or a, the, the screen to like, you know, contort sideways like it does in Final Fantasy VII whenever you run into a battle. Like you're just instantly right. in the battle and you're instantly fighting the enemies essentially like in the world that you're in. And I mean, there are examples that I'm going to have actually on my list of um, turn-based RPGs that actually do the same thing. Um, But Mm -hmm. definitely like that's definitely a big angle that action RPGs have where essentially you can have a world populated with enemies that you just fight as you explore all of the open worlds. So definitely, definitely, I think you you brought the heavy hitter there. Um, And that's definitely a a serious blow against us on the turn-based side. Uh, But at the same time, I personally kind of like the more kind of relaxed pace because I'm an old man, Garrett. I don't know if you knew this. Um, the relaxed pace of, you know, going a, a, around at your at your own uh, at your own peril and just, you know, just having mm. fun with it. Just having fun with it. You're like not not worrying about having to run into an enemy or, or, or having to fight an enemy right away the second he sees you or something like that. Even if, you know, random battles happen every, you know, five feet or whatever that you walk in the environment. It doesn't matter. I li- I kind of like that. We'll see. We'll see about that. But you bring up some good points with the with the Bethesda games. In fact, I was very tempted to have Console Kato put uh, the the Skyrim dude, the the Dragonborn guy. I mean, we call him the Dragonborn guy because you can make any character you want Skyrim. But yeah, the Dragonborn guy on on the thumbnail. But we decided I decided to go in a different direction, which I'm sure you probably will with your list a little bit later. But anyways, mm-hmm. as for me, I want to talk about how modern games also take the 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 Persona 5 formula and really improve it in an interesting way. And the example I actually brought up for this one, which you might actually find a little bit interesting, Garrett, because I know you've played this game mm-hmm. before. Bravely Default is the next game I'm yeah. about to talk about because 
what I love about a game like Bravely Default is it basically takes the same formula I just talked about with Persona 5, um, which is kind of like the baseline for turn-based RPGs. But what it does really well, um, not only uh, giving you kind of like a big open area, big open areas to explore with these beautiful like hand-drawn graphics that you probably wouldn't be able to get away with a lot of times with an action RPG. Let's be real, because I mean, you've got these 3D visuals. I mean, no one wants to play a game in 3D, right, Garrett? You, you want to play a game in 2D because 2D is where it's at, right? Um, but Brave Default, what I like about the combat in particular is it really allows you to have this like really nice like push and pull of like a risk reward system in its combat. And it allows you to have a lot of unique um, like player choices that you would never have really in a turn based game because you, you do have some risk reward scenarios in, in an action RPG. But for the most part, th- th- there is nothing like kind of the, the brave and the default system in bravely default where essentially you can use up extra moves to like do like eight or nine attacks stacked on top of each other with one or two characters. Um, but then kind of risk yourself to an opening, um, versus, uh, again, being a little more defensive and kind of charging up some of those moves. Cause again, you can be a little more aggressive in, you know, a game like Skyrim or a game like Witcher. Um, but it doesn't feel the same. It, do- it doesn't feel evolved in the same way that I feel like bravely default kind of evolved turn-based combat in a, in a nice little, modern way. So again, it still holds up the same tenets of older games or even a game like Persona 5, which is more of a, like a, the standard formula while also going in like twisting that in like a, an interesting new direction, uh, which is pretty cool. So I, I think that's a good example of where I wanted to go with this next Garrett. I know it's not as much of a heavy, heavy hitter as Persona 5. I'm sorry. Right. I can straight go there. In fact, it's probably like the, the lowest hitter probably, probably on the rest of my list. 50 steps back or something, but I, right. I applaud you on the Bravely Default. Um, I, I did enjoy of what I played of that game, and I agree with you, the Brave and Default system has a cool twist to it. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I just, the grinding in that game, man. Yeah, I, well, I mean, the last I, half I had, of that game, that it's it's very silly. But again, same thing that I talked about with Persona 5. Like, it would it would have that same problem because it's a story-based problem, whether it was an action RPG or not. So I, that's why I kind of factored that out of this discussion in a lot of ways yeah sounds good i mean uh, yeah just my major rebuttal with you know bravely default i've i've played a good chunk amount of that game but i i felt the repetitiveness the repetitiveness very fast Mm -hmm. with that one i played um maybe like 20 or 30 hours of that game so not too long i know i know um it gets the story gets much better and go throughout the game Mm -hmm. but i heard like Similar to Dragon Quest Eleven, Bravely Default at the end. Oof, you just yeah. got to grind, 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 and basically in order to get to the end. And yeah. I don't know. You, you got to have patience for that or listen to a podcast like the RBG Cave and yeah. just go at it. I like the way you think, Garrett. Garrett. I mean, yeah, it's a good yeah. podcast game. In fact, that, that's one of the things I like about turn-based mm-hmm. games in particular. So a lot of them are actually like really good podcast games or games that mm-hmm. you, if you're watching YouTube or other things like that, like they, they, they're nice things to play on the couch on like a retroid pocket or a Nintendo switch, maybe while, well, oh. you know, you're watching TV or something like that as well. Whereas I think it's tougher to do with something like that with an action RPG, because yeah, I, I think it requires a little bit more of your focus versus because everything's so real time versus, you know, turn-based. Mm-hmm. It's at your own pace, essentially, unless you've got like the active uh, time battle system from the Final Fantasy games at, at, at working against you, I guess. But mm-hmm. anyways, Garrett, nice. wh- what's your what's your third game? What where, where you want to go transition to next? All right. So here's my angle here for action RPGs. 
point number three. And it's just one word, guys. Co-op. Co-op mm. can be very essential in certain action RPGs. And I'll pull in a couple examples here. One, the Diablo series. You know, you're going in there, you're going in with your friends, and you're just having a good time. Um, Diablo, I don't know if anyone else has played out there. I played it so much as single player and as multiplayer Diablo 3 uh, on the PlayStation. And what I really enjoyed about playing in co-op is just talking, having a good time with my friends and just smashing monsters left and right. It is a isometric dungeon crawler where you just build your character up. You got go throughout the monsters and then you level up and then you level up your skills and so on and so forth. And you're just having a good time. And I feel like that puts in a leg up uh, with the uh, the action RPGs uh, compared to the turn base is that you're going to, you can have a good time uh, with your friends and, and just play together. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, um, I know uh, the new action RPG the from Drinkbox Studios, Nobody Saves the World, that is a couch co-op game as well. Um, and that is a dungeon crawler as well. And there's just many other examples of action RPGs that you can have someone come in as a co-op, as a playmate to get together, have a good time. I don't think turn-based games have, have that same enjoyment. I'm sure you can pass the controller. I know you've yep. probably had memories of that, but you cannot play a lot of most of the turn-based games simultaneously. So what do you think about that, Ryan? Yeah, that's you definitely hit the nail on the head with that one, Garrett, because co-op is definitely something that, you know, the, the turn-based games are kind of lacking I mean, there's just not Mm -hmm. really a great way to to really do that unless it's like a multiplayer game where you're battling against each other because there are battle modes in some RPGs. Um, Like the most famous example is like when we talked about Advance Wars, for example, or Fire Emblem, Um, because if you play Fire Emblem Fates, for example, you can invade enemies bases and you can play against your your, your friends that way. But there's no co-op. You can't play Fire Emblem Fates co-op together and go, go on missions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that makes a lot of sense, Garrett. I, and uh, that, that one's definitely tough for me to kind of, you know, come back <laughs> against anyways. Cause, uh, but at the same time, you know, I mean, I personally just play, like playing games by myself more than, than playing yeah. co-op. So the, on the other side of the coin, the nice thing about turn-based games is you could, I can always rely on their ability for me to be able to play them by myself and not have to worry about, running into an mm-hmm. issue where the game is not balanced correctly for one player, which does happen from yeah. time to time. And we, I've, we talked, I've talked about it on the show before with the Borderlands series, as much as I like am interested in those games. I always find that that's a serious problem with the older Borderlands games, not with tiny Tina, which just came out because I've been talking about that one on the Xbox drive where I think that they've kind of like perfected that one. formula. And I, I've, I don't feel mm. like it has that same problem. Um, but going back and playing, you know, the like the original Borderlands and getting 10 hours in and finding that I can't play that game by myself because it's meant for co-op and I don't have a co-op partner to play with. It just it becomes it becomes kind of like a hindrance to action RPGs, yep. I find, if not balanced correctly. And there are yep. some examples of that as well. But that's a good point. I'm glad that you actually thought about co-op care because I think that's an interesting example. Mm-hmm. So oh. for me where I want to transition to next is actually an interesting direction because this is kind of working its way into, you know, turn-based RPGs that can be a bunch of different genres. Cause we've talked about kind of like, you know, the, the traditional turn-based RPG and then what, what that's like. Um, but then I want to bring in an RPG genre that doesn't actually exist 
very well anyways in the action RPG space, Garrett. And that is survival horror games because I'm someone who loves survival horror games. I love Resident Evil, for example. It's one of my all-time favorite gaming series. And I've talked about this one on the show before too, but my next example is Parasite Eve from Square Enix. Parasite Eve is a survival horror game that's a turn-based RPG. So you get equipment, you get bullets along the way as you're exploring, you know, um, these creepy spaces as it goes through. And you kind of have to, like, conserve your ammo a bit, because if you use too much of your ammo in combat, then you'll run out of ammo and you're you're basically going to die very, very quickly, essentially, because you'll, you'll run out of resources. Because, again, it's meant to essentially be take the idea that you that you had in, you know, a game like Resident Evil, where you have a finite amount of resources that, you know, ratchet up the tension in that game and then mix it with like a turn based system that's similar to Final Fantasy. So I love the way that it plays on the different genres. And again, as far as, you know, action RPGs are concerned, when you look at survival horror games, there's not much that's good, if anything, because like you've got stuff like Zombie U, for example, which is yeah. like not great. Um, you've got no. I would say probably the best action RPG. Now that I can think about it. That's a, a, a sort of a horror game is something like State of Decay 2 from Microsoft. Yeah, um, because that's, that's like that's like a solid seven uh, on the review scale. Cause it's a it's a fine game. It's OK, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not as good as the master classic that is parasite eve like that game is amazing it it was an incredible ps1 game it's a game that i'm hoping more people will finally be able to play when the playstation plus live service comes later this summer because i know it's a game that a lot of people just didn't play or there's people like you garrett who didn't have a ps1 so you missed a game like this right so um i i wanted to include parasite eve there because again that's that's an example of of a game that only works super well because it's turn-based and it's awesome so I wanted to include it here. So Garrett, what, what do you have to say about my rebuttal with it? But where, where is your action RPG? That's also a survival horror game that you want to combat this with. Well, it's just that, okay. You pulling out a PS one game and I, I mean, I've heard of parasite Eve. I heard it's great. Mm-hmm. It's just that, um, where, where's our parasite Eve of today? Well, who's making it? Like I, I don't know a turn-based horror action or like survival horror game other than that. Um, there are you some can argue space, that it's not like you're right, not in like the mainstream AAA space, anyways. Right. I mean, you you can argue dungeon. Um, what is it? Darkest Dungeon mm-hmm. is is a uh, you know very dark, but it's not like horror, right? It's like not that focused, and so mm-hmm. I think a lot of the action horror games you you see today is bringing. I feel like a lot of RPG elements in general. Um, I remember playing Evil Within, and I'm just like, kind of crazy. It's just like, oh, you're getting perks and skills up, and, and you you go to a hub where you're installing needles inside your brain in order to get more stuff um, or like different types of powers or whatever. Um, I know it's not like really action RPG, um, but it is certainly bringing a lot of RPG elements into the survival horror scene now. Um, but yeah, that's my only rebuttal is that I, I don't know about Parasite Eve. I have not played it and we just don't see a current one today. That's um, true. Hopefully I get to play it. Yeah. So. You bring up a good point. And, and again, I wanted to include that here, not just to, you know, represent survival horror games, but also the idea that you can, I think you can take like almost any genre of like of media, like medium, whether it's, you know, a horror game or sci-fi game mm-hmm. or whatnot and turn it into like a really good 
you know, turn-based RPG. And again, like I think, again, it, it, Parasite Eve is an example of a game that you would never think of probably in like the turn-based space. Yeah. And again, like I think like the, the most modern example I can think of of a game like this is something like Corpse Party. Uh, which just recently oh, okay. came to Xbox, which was originally on the PSP, but they ended up doing kind of a remake for it on on modern consoles. Um, but that that game is like a really cool like Japanese horror game um, that takes place in like a, a creepy school, um, and you're going mm-hmm. around basically trying to you know keep keep the rest of the students kind of alive. It, it was actually like a really nice um, game that that was made in um, I think RPG Maker as well. I think we talked about that um, a long time ago on a previous episode. But yeah. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure include right. and plus, you know, any excuse I have, Garrett, to talk about Parasite Eve on an episode of the show, Garrett, I'm going to take that opportunity. Let's be real. Sounds great. But <laughs> Garrett, what's next for me? What's what's your next game? I want to move over back to the Jap- Japanese world, the Japan world of action RPGs. I think they've gotten to a point like um, the past three to four years where it's um, very accessible and very open to the general audience and, and people really digging it, the action RPG side um, of, of, of JRPGs. Um, I mean, you see um, stuff like Scarlet Nexus coming out, of course, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and then Nier Autonoma. Like, these games, um, I feel like in Astral Chain, they have a style to them, Ryan, mm-hmm. um, that's super neat, super cool. And the moves and the action feels very satisfying. And I think uh, in, over in Japan, they've really uh, gone down that style um, recently. And, and I'm really enjoying myself um, getting into these action RPGs, especially um, when I was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, I should go back to that. Like, I don't know why I stopped because I was just playing something else. And of course... Only, I can only really focus one or two games at a time, but what I've played of it, it is so good. The music, and then just like getting into the action part of Final Fantasy VII Remake is so good, especially with Cloud. It was um, very satisfying, and, and the graphics look as as be- like as best as they ever done, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, the past few years, and especially with that PS5 upgrade, and especially being on PC. Um, the style and the smoothness of action RPGs are they just they're just a delight now. I think they're just the most fun they've they've ever been. Um and so I think it's gonna continue um to be like that. It's gonna continue to get better um in a sense of graphics and style and the action uh part of of these are uh kind of the combat system of these games and I can't wait to see what Japan brings out more of these action RPGs. And I, I'm search, certainly can't wait for, you know, Square Enix in there. Was it Valkyrie Elysium coming out later yeah. this year? Um, I, of course, they can always go back to the Nier series. So there's just a lot of IP that they're kind of drawing from. And there's like, okay, let's put the action RPG spin on it now and see what we can do. So yeah. although I wanted to... Turn-based RPGs, because you you were talking about you know Valkyrie Elysium, guard. Just throwing it out there because this is unrelated, but I, I off topic. But uh, I was very excited because Valkyrie Lineth, Profile Lineth, which is the PSP remake of the original Valkyrie Profile, got trademarked this week for like a oh, remastered version. Wow. So cool! I am very excited for that because that's a great turn-based RPG, Garrett. See, see what I did there? Because yeah. Valkyrie Elysium, the that's new true. ones in action RPG, because clearly 
I mean, if you were to argue for that, they're like, oh yeah, they saw the error of their ways making that series, you know, turn-based. So we're, we're going to go in the action RB direction because that's the better one. But no, no, I disagree mm-hmm. with that because the turn-based games are so much better. But anyways, <laughs> to, to, to kind of give my rebuttal, first of all, Final Fantasy VII Remake, you probably never need to finish it, Garrett, because I... Well, maybe I, I would love to hear your opinion of the ending of someone who never played the fir- the original one or never finished the original yeah. one, I should say, because whew, the ending of that game goes places. And uh, I don't know if I think it's for the better, but we're going to get we're going to keep out of that. But um, you're right. The, they they, they um, basically the action RPGs give publishers the ability to, you know, take classic games and then kind of reinvent them in a, in a, in a cool way. And definitely, mm-hmm. I think they did that with Final Fantasy VII Remake. But I would argue, Garrett, that I think that because the combat was so good in the original Final Fantasy VII, like the first one on the PS, PS1, that I actually think that you actually probably would have had the same effect if they just made that a turn-based remake, but then still gave it all of the graphical you know, updates mm-hmm. that they did okay. with the music, with everything else. Um, and I still think it would have been an amazing game that way. In fact, it might even been a better game because one of the downsides, I think, to that game, and I don't know if you you remember this from playing it, Garrett, but and, and this has kind of become a modern trend in a lot of Japanese action RPGs is what's ref- what I refer to as the stagger mechanic that um, kind of originated in a game like Final Fantasy 13, um, but has kind of made its way to a lot of other Japanese games where a lot of times on an enemy, you don't do any damage to it or it's like very minuscule damage until you stagger it or stun it. And then you just go to town on it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I found like towards the end of that game, like that mechanic just became so annoying with some, some enemies, especially some of the later game enemies. Cause even some of the, the normal enemies you'd fight, you'd just be hacking away at them for like two minutes, just pressing the, 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 like the X button to just do your standard attacks until eventually you build up enough ATB gauge to do the specific abilities you need to do in order to stagger them. And then when you stagger them, you kill them very quickly. So it's just like, I felt like that game in particular had some really uneven combat towards the end of the game that just really took me out of the experience. And I, and again, it's not even just an isolated issue with that particular game. I noticed it's been a, a modern issue with Japanese action RPGs in some cases. Mm. Even a game like Turtle Nexus, I had uh, had a bit of that problem, but I think that it was better balanced with that game versus, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake in particular. But that's just my piece with that. But. There you go. Well, I, I just want to shout out, those are, yeah, good good argument there. Um, I just want to say Nier Automa, very, very smooth action gameplay, and I love the transition between like third person action combat and then straight into like it goes to that top down view and does a shooter type of game going on and then it quickly pans back in and you're you're back into third person mode i think that's super cool and also astral chain with it with its uh kind of like the companion chain mechanic where it goes around so there's a lot of novelties to be had in the action rpg still and i, I think it's only just the beginning um with these japanese action rpgs so there yeah, you go for sure well now that you brought up, you know, a classic remake, Garrett, I wasn't going to put this one yes. here. I was going to save this one for last, but I feel like this is the perfect segue to throw in here because, I mean, why remake a classic game, Garrett, when you don't have to, when the classic game holds up so well when your game is Chrono Trigger and you never need to remake it ever oh, because it looks so beautiful and it plays so well from the turn-based perspective that you never need to remake Chrono Trigger. I mean, we, we will probably see a remake of it eventually in HD 2D 
I'm pretty certain of that at some point. But you, that's a game you never have to remake because, it, it, you know, 20 years from now, it will still be amazing to go back to that game. Whereas I don't know if you've ever tried to go back to PlayStation 3 era action RPGs, Garrett, but sometimes yeah, we don't talk about those. Well, I'm about to because <laughs> I'm just saying using it as a point of comparison or even like PlayStation 2 era action RPGs. The problem with action RPGs that I find is that I that in a lot of cases, they age very quickly. Like they're not as timeless as a lot of turn-based RPGs where like 10 to 20 years from now, Garrett, if we go back then 20 years from now and play Final Fantasy VII Remake on the PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5, will it really feel as smooth to control versus action RPGs of that era? I don't think so. We're, Actually... I, I don't know if that's because of time, but anyways, keep on with your argument. I, yeah. I, I want I want you to finish your argument first. Yeah, I mean, with action RPGs in particular, I think the the way that they evolve, they evolve in, at such a quick rate and such a, a, a amazing mm. rate that they that it quickly outdates action RPGs in a lot of ways, and not only that, but mm. visual design too. With a lot of action RPGs, I just don't find like with modern action RPG design. They don't as, have as much of a timeless look as a lot of, you know, turn-based RPGs, even modern ones. Like a game like Dragon Quest XI S or a game like Persona 5, I feel like is going to age much slower from a visual standpoint, let alone a combat standpoint, than a game like Final Fantasy VII Remake is or Nier Autonoma is, you know, 10 or 20 years from now, I think, mm -hmm. when we look back on these games. Just like in the same way that, you know, action RPGs on the Super Nintendo when you compare them to, you know, turn-based RPGs on the Super Nintendo, like Chrono Trigger, which is kind of like the peak example of this, like it, it's really tough to, like, like I just don't feel like they they um, bond in the same way, or they don't, you know, they don't last the, the test of time in the same way. So that that's why what I wanted to bring up, like a really classic turn-based RPG, because I feel like they they stand the test of time from a combat design perspective a lot better than action RPGs. Are. Sure, there can be some frame like pacing issues with some older turn-based RPGs, and I'm not totally turning a blind eye to that. But there, most of the modern masterpieces of that era play a lot better today versus the masterpieces in the action RPG era of that era, I should say, of the Super Nintendo era, like the like the Tales of Destiny or or something like that. But Garrett, what, what do you think mm -hmm. about my point about that? No, I mean, you bring up a valid point on the aging of action RPGs, especially a good portion of them in the PS2, PS3 days. Um, I, yeah, I totally agree with you that um, it's harder to get back into that genre, um, especially in those previous uh, gen consoles. I think the aging, though, uh, especially just from like a graphics and a frames perspective, I think... I mean, you can go up to 4K, I guess, in 120 or even faster than 120. Sure, you can go as, as high as you want by then because the eye, like the human eye is not going to really tell um, the difference between the motion. I think we've gotten to the point where um, it's not going to feel as dated in a sense of graphics and motion. I, I can agree with you probably in terms of mechanics. I'm sure um, people are going to refine the action RPG combat um, 10, 20, 30 years from now. Um, but you know what? I There are some definitely some action RPGs uh, that are still um, that are still really playable to, today. Like I played Dragon Age, um, was it Origins? Yeah. Like in 2019. 
Um, even though the graphics wasn't that great, but um, and, and the action RPG was still there, and I still had a really good time uh, with it. Um, I'm sure there's other examples out there. I just want to say, yeah, I a good portion of them, I can agree with you, pretty dated, um, but not all of them. I mean, take that example and then compare it to Ma- going back and playing Mass Effect One on the Xbox 360, Garrett, because that's I a did rough experience. Because the story is amazing, but one. the combat is a rough experience if you go back to it. So, yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah. Um, also, Dragon Age, just to, depending on what console you play on, because if you play on PC, that's pretty much just a turn-based RPG in a lot of ways, anyway. So oh, that's true. It yeah. also kind of works out that way. But Garrett, give me your final game because it's time to uh, give me your 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 final argument for action rpgs i think we've gotten to the point of like kind of this consolidation between act like an action game with rpg elements in it and so hard to blend between the two and i think that's why it brings a lot of general audience here but i want to bring out a recent game that just came out this year that's kind of shaking the gaming world and the non-gaming world and like that company is going places. I don't know what it's doing, but it has a huge fan base. I am talking about the Soulsborne series, Dark Souls and Elden Ring. I don't know what they're doing over there, but they just created like some type of genre back in the Demon Soul days, and they just kept at it from then on. Now, um, I I don't know. Like I don't know what you think, Ryan, but they kind of just staggered the RPG genre and, and created its own genre itself, mm-hmm. um, inspired so many people, especially with Elden Ring being the best it's, like, arguably a lot of people are saying it's the best it's ever been. In terms of the action combat, of course it's brutal. Of course it's, it can be hard, um, but I think it captured a lot of gamers' minds in terms of just um, how to approach opponent and, like, how to... Uh, find its weak points. And I played Bloodborne earlier this year, uh, a good portion of it. And I kind of understand um, where people are coming from. There is a kind of a, a pacing to these games. It's like you get into there and kind of figure out what the area is. And then it's like peeling an onion. It's like there's a layer after layer. And of course, you played Elden Ring. You understand that you, you're going out into the open world of Elden Ring and there's just... It's just so deep and it goes to places. And I think that our action com- combat really lends itself in there. It's seamless, it's open, it's explorative. And I think a lot of gamers are really enamored by it. Um, so yeah, I think the heaviest hitter ever for the action RPG genre is the Soulsborne series and any games that follow there. Cause it, it's, a, it's a huge following now. And especially with Elden Ring being so successful. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That makes perfect sense. And I mean, that's that's a good genre to bring up because it really basically takes the tenets of, you know, older, really difficult games, you know, like, you know, Ninja mm-hmm. Gaiden or Devil May Cry, but takes them to like a, a whole different level and really like adds those RPG elements to make them like a, their own kind of unique experience or it kind of reminds me in a lot of ways of like the three a 3D version of what you would get out of like the Castlevania Game Boy Advance games or the the DS games where they're like action RPGs where you play as, you know, one of the uh, one of the Castlevania mm-hmm. characters and you're going around like killing all kinds of like grotesque enemies. And, and it's they, they can have like this like kind of like high difficulty to them. Um, like that, that's kind of where, where, like the 2D representation to what I would think of like a, of mm-hmm. a Soulsborne game would be. So it's interesting that you bring those up because I definitely think of like 
the modern games and what's hot right now as far as RPGs are concerned. I mean, yeah, you're definitely right on the money with that. And it's hard to argue against that. Um, and I think that it's a, it's a really big genre when you look at, you know, modern action RPGs. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's mm-hmm. like it's really tough to do kind of like a turn based Soulsborne game because like, that doesn't really exist. Yeah. And it's really kind of impossible to kind of translate that experience. Well, but I mean, you can still have high difficulty, you know, turn based games, but it's just unfortunately, that's really not a good. That's, that's a niche genre, though, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Which is too bad. Well, Garrett, as for me, I just like you brought in a spe- an, another genre to kind of that has really evolved from action RPGs. I had to bring in a similar genre uh, from action RPGs as well. Because, and I know it's one that you and I both love and that is strategy mm-hmm. RPGs because oh. if there's one thing, one type Dang. of RPG that does not work action based Garrett, it's strategy RPGs <laughs> do not really work. You can have like, real-time strategy rpgs but like yeah they don't really work super well like i know we've got that um that diodode chronicle i think it's called that's coming out later this year i feel chronic the diophil chronicle thank you garrett yeah that one's coming out later this year that's a that one's more of like a turn that one's like a weird mix of real-time strategy and turn-based kind of like something like tactics order is but like Mm -hmm. the only other rpg series that's an action rpg that i can think of that's also a real t- like a, a strategy RPG is the Kingdom Islander Fire series. Garrett, I don't know if you're familiar with that series, but essentially no. that series. Um, first of all, they're actually on Steam now if you want to ever go play them. Um, but they basically give you this like isometric top down view of a battlefield and you're basically playing it like a real time strategy game like Starcraft. But then as your enemies run up to each other, the camera then shifts down to the playing the, the, the battlefield where all the units are. Yeah you take control of one of the units and it becomes an action RPG with that unit where you're basically you're killing oh, the enemies and it's like a really unique twist, but man, those games are not very good. They have like their own <laughs> cult following, but they're not great, especially when you compare them to games like fire emblem, shining force, Disgaea, like a, all of the other strategy RPGs that are out there, like triangle strategy, like most recently, like, it's just there's no contest between the two of them. It's turn based games that work in the strategy department and and it's, and strategy RPGs, even though they haven't been as around as long as traditional RPGs, because we talked about it on the, on a few episodes back, um, how, how kind of strategy RPGs kind of originated in the early 90s. Like mm-hmm. it's a genre that is so fun, especially if you like um, RPGs and strategy games, like if you it, it blends those two so well together that like that's a huge leg up. If you want like a strategic RPG experience, like there's only one way to go, baby. And it's our turn-based RPGs, Garrett. So what, what's your rebuttal yep. of that? I love strategy RPGs. I knew it. That's, that's my rebuttal. Um, no, I really like them. Um, I like, you can say negative things or negative, um, aspects about like this, the pacing or, you know, difficulty or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but that's not because it's a strategy RPG though. Like strategy RPG can be perfected and, and really like it can be balanced. It can be unbalanced, um, Mm -hmm. in certain regards. Um, if you know, um, but I, I really enjoy my, like going through and, and figuring out, 
I I don't think it's for everyone. I don't think like I would go to a random person and be like, "You're gonna love strategy RPGs. Here here you go. Here's a Fire Emblem game," and they're gonna be like, "What? Like, no, I wanna." I want to like just hack and slash stuff. Like I want to, you know, produce just combos like right then and there. I think that's the one thing um, that deters a lot of people from just turn-based games in general. Is just um, it's it's not like the pacing is just not there for them. It's like they mm-hmm. want to get into it just to get into it and then get out. Um, so I, I love strategy RPGs though. You don't don't get me wrong, um, but that's that's just what I think of it. Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I knew, you know, playing to to my opponent's strengths here that that's one that I, I knew you couldn't ignore anyways is strategy RPGs because we mm-hmm. both we both really love strategy RPGs, actually. But yes, yeah, we it, do. It's just like, again, there are certain genres that work really well in action RPGs that don't work at turn based games and vice versa as well, which is kind of cool to see. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we should kind of wrap up this conversation before we go. Actually, let's let's let the listeners in first before we kind of, you know, try and actually pick a winner between the two of these, Garrett, because we, of course, out of any good debate, Garrett, we have to actually pick a winner, of course. Um, So, of course, let's of course, we got these from Discord and we've actually gotten a lot of questions since Carpool Gaming Days. And huge thank you to everyone who's been asking us about this as well. How do they suggest how did they submit questions to the shows? So I'm going to go over it again. So if you'd like to be part of the show. There's a number of awesome ways to do that. Number one, if you follow us on Twitter at Carpool Gaming on Twitter, we put up a question post every single, uh, basically, afternoon before the show posts, um, usually that day. Or if it's something like the Nintendo Drive that films in the morning, um, they'll usually do it like the night before, essentially. Um, but just if you leave your question on the question post, we'll be able to answer it on the show. Or if you join the Carpool Gaming Discord, which there's a link to it in the show notes or the description of this video if you're watching on YouTube, um, and you join our awesome discord um basically we put up a question post there as well and you can actually let let us know your question there or likewise if you have a question and i haven't put up a question post yet all you have to do is go to the rpg cave section type in your question tag me at ryan turford on the discord server and then i will make sure your question gets part of the show just like marcus o'neill 79 did on the discordia and he says turn based all the way for me as someone who likes to be able to take my time strategizing my attacks, even though I do love certain action RPGs like The Witcher, I find that for me, many just end up devolving into mashing the attack buttons mm-hmm. and not full exploring all my combat options. And that, that was something I tried to bring up at least a little bit where that is definitely a common problem with some action RPGs where a lot of times you really are just pressing the attack button over and over again. Almost closer to That's something true. like a Dynasty Warriors kind of game, um, which is kind of a turnoff for me, and certainly a turnoff sounds for the sounds like it for Marcus O'Neill as well, Garrett. Marcus O'Neill play Nobody Saves the World. It's not just a mash. Let me tell you, it's so good. Anyways, you can keep on going. That's man. the exception to the rule, Garrett. Next up, <laughs> we got Awesome Dave one three three seven who says. As someone who likes to strategize and plan ahead, I also prefer turn-based RPGs. It's also what I grew up with, and I have a strong nostalgia for turn-based systems. So thank you once again, Awesome Dave. See, two people are in my corner so far, Garrett. Will the action RPG people come in? I guess so. Only time will tell. Well, next up, the Muffin One, a.k.a. Kevin Ainsworth, over on the Project X Talk podcast says... This is such a hard choice. My favorite JRPG series is the Tales of series, uh, which is mm-hmm. an action RPG. But overall, I think I have to say I'm hashtag team turn-based. 
A bad combat system can really hurt an action RPG, and in my opinion, story is the most important part of a role-playing game, so choosing turn-based, which is probably the safer option, lets the focus be on the story like it should be. Like, wow. All good okay. Yeah. I mean, the Tales of series, I have to agree with them, one of the best action RPG series, but yeah, like it's, it, it can be kind of be intermittent and, and yeah, like the, the focus on the story, like a game like Skyrim, for example, Garrett, you have to at least agree with me on this one. Like how good is the story really in a game like Skyrim? You, you don't go there for the story, man. You go there for literally everything else. But, but that's yeah, just playing into Kevin's right. point here. And, and I kind of agree with him at least a little bit on this one, because especially with like mm-hmm. open world action RPGs, I find that that's a common problem with them where the, 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 yeah. the story is kind of like the adventure you make along the way. Which, which works for some garnish, people. It's basically, yeah. But, like, I don't think that works for everybody. So, yeah. throw that out there. I agree with you. Next up, Nagachaka says, prior to Final Fantasy VII Remake, I would have said turn-based all the way. However, I find the combat in Final Fantasy VII Remake to be incredibly deep, challenging, but also very rewarding at the same time. So, to oh, all the points cool. you made earlier, Nagachaka's in your corner, Garrett. Oh, well, thank you, Nagachaka. I agree with you. I love the action of, it, of what I've played of it. I, I need to get back into it. But yeah, totally agree with you there. Yeah. It's and so good. Last comment about this topic comes to us from TPR on Discord, who says, from my previous questions, this should come as no shock. I am an action RPG guy. The slow pace of turn-based RPGs bore me. I don't like spending several minutes thinking of my next move in games. It's been a tough pill to swallow, but one I'll, I've come to terms with. And he also has a follow-up question as well. Do you guys have any turn-based RPGs you still recommend for someone like myself? So again, this mm. is so, so, TPR is someone who gets bored very quickly of turn-based RPGs. So is there one we really recommend to him as far as pacing your concern? Because I think this is a tough one to, to kind of recommend. This, this is a tough one. What I recommend TPR actually is try out like... Um, probably like shorter type of turn-based games. You can think of like indie uh, type of games. Um, the ones that pop to my mind is Child of Light and Transistor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're just like more chewable type of turn-based games, especially Transistor. It's like kind of a mix between both because you can have like the action sequence like throughout like the battlefield, but you can also stop and then strategize um, and go th- through, like, through like a different set of series of steps uh, to finish a battle. Um, but yeah, I, I think of like um, try to try to do a more of a shorter term or short um, turn based games, um, indie games. I, I'm thinking like um, Steam World. Uh, what was it? The Steam World Quest is yeah. an- another good one as well. Um, what what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, honestly, I think you you hit the nail on the head with that one because I think, see, the problem is like with the with this is TPR inherently des- talks about the 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 design being kind of a problem yeah. for him regardless of what direction we go with it because he he mentions he doesn't like the idea of strategizing his moves like at all yeah and that that's like without you know there's at least some level of strategy regardless of what turn based RPG we tell him to pay, play right um, but I think like playing it, recommending an indie game, like a smaller, more bite-sized experience is certainly on the right track for sure. Um, and, and the other two I'll throw out there are cosmic star heroin, which I think actually does like yes. a really good job of getting through you through combat really quickly. Um, and then a game like undertale 
It's also like a, a really good, good like turn-based RPG. You can argue it has some action elements because you are kind of, sometimes you have the bullet hell sections where you have to like, you know, move the heart around to kind of avoid some of the attacks. Yeah. For, it's like, it's kind of like a nice fusion between action RPGs and turn-based RPGs. So that out of all these, I think that might actually be like a good, uh, the best mm-hmm. place to start or even uh, a game like Delta Rune from the same developer, even if you've maybe tried Undertale before. Uh, maybe try something like that because um, it's mm-hmm. also the only game that we talked about here where you can flirt with the enemies, Garrett, to try and, you know, stop them from hitting you in the face. So, there you well, go. I mean, there's Shin Megami Tensei 5. You, you try to flirt <laughs> with them. So. That's true. You're not wrong about that. Um, but yeah, so now we have to crown a winner. So the community results, Garrett, three to two in favor yeah. of turn based RPGs, which actually mm-hmm. surprised me. I think it's I, I didn't think it was going to be that evenly split, but uh, what, what yeah, think, me Garrett? too. If you had to speak from the heart of heart, Garrett's heart of heart, which do you personally prefer? Yeah. Uh, from the personal heart of hearts. Uh, I don't know if there's a winner per se. Um, I think there's a winner for a certain group of people and then another group of people. Man, like, I, I just think the turn-based games is such a, such a classic, you know, and it, it brings in a lot of people um, realizing these stories that turn-based RPGs like actually tell and they've been so versatile too. Um, I think action RPGs, as you said, it can get dated for, you know, uh, previous console generations, but I think they're on the rise right now. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of fluff in in like the action game space right now, but I think developers are really focusing and just only getting better and better with action RPGs. So, um, but man, the games list that you put out for now, this is just a personal thing for me. It's, it's the turn-based RPGs cause yeah. gosh, I, I'm just loving all the, I'm a strategy person too. So it's more of a, um, I'm, I'm betraying the action RPGs, but I wanted to highlight some of the good stuff that's, that's in action RPGs and especially the current ones going on, especially Elden Ring, man, like yeah. being such a shakeup to the gaming world. It's it's like getting non-gamers in, into the, yeah. <laughs> into games too. I'm just like, this is crazy. It, it, it's like the Bethesda wave too, you know, with Skyrim and Fallout Three. I got non-gamers in, and I'm like, man, I don't know if turn like I'm sure turn-based uh, one or two turn-based RPGs have done that. Final Fantasy VII has done that. Yeah. Um, back in the day, but man, I don't know now. I, I I'm not too sure. Um, yeah. I think the so, closest example I, between that is yeah. like persona five or something like that but even then it's like yeah that's still a very niche game it's not selling you know 12 million copies like elden ring is right yeah for sure you make up some good points but yeah like i'm with you i think we're both actually very similar when it comes to this character because i'm also a very strategic person so i mean i just prefer i'm more in the camp of playing you know strategic like experiences so i'm gonna just obviously lean towards turn-based games it's not even just because i grew up with them but it's just like I personally just like the strategy element that comes along with them. Me too. Because I like strategy games. So it's just like, it makes yeah. sense for me to be kind of more in that camp. So it, it's official. Then our official ruling is turn-based RPGs win by by a hair. But to your point, by Garrett, hair. You, you, no matter who wins, we all win as gamers because there's a we lot of great win. choices out there. I think we, again, you brought up a lot of great games on the action RPG side as well. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of great games down that rabbit hole as well. And yeah, regardless of what type of RPGs that you like, I mean, they're still RPGs and they're still awesome. So definitely mm-hmm. check out what you want to play. But last question before we go, because Garrett, we actually had a question from the community that had 
literally nothing to do with this tonight's topic. And that comes oh, okay. to us from Brian Eck on the discord who asks us, Oh, this is going to be a good episode and a great talking point. As a kid, I was so intimidated by the RPG genre, but now as a 36 year old adult, I've gotten back into gaming and I really appreciate the genre. Chrono Trigger really did it for me last year. My question for you guys is though, what is the game that got you into RPGs? So Garrett, we talked about mm. this on the very first episode of the RPG cave. Because in fact, the yes, name of that is. title is called how we got into RPGs essentially. Um, but mm-hmm. for any new listeners, cause I know that we actually have a lot of new listeners, Garrett who might not have gone back and, you know, listened to all the old oh, episodes. Cool. Um, I feel it's okay yeah, for us because we're almost at 50 episodes, Garrett. It's probably good for us to tell the story again. <laughs> That's so, crazy. So again, tell, regale me of the tale once again on how you got into RPGs. Uh, sure i mean um you know i got into video games basically because of pokemon um Mm -hmm. that was kind of like the first video game i really got into in the genre and i didn't know what an rpg um like genre was at the time i was just a little kid and i don't think i would define myself was really into that genre um basically until like Skyrim came out around 2011. Mm-hmm. I think once I got into Skyrim and the Bethesda hit, I understood what that genre meant in terms of just like leveling up and like progressing your character and then like going on quests and being ex- exploration first. That's the focus in my mind is like you just go out and go go out there in the world and interact. Um, and then I just realized, oh, Pokemon's the same thing kind of in a way you're progressing your party of, of monsters. And like, I didn't know there was a whole genre about this. And, and that's when I really got into, um, a lot of more RPGs and got more open into that genre. And then lastly, I would say persona Four golden. Once I got that on Vita and started playing that more, I've realized there's a lot of cool turn-based RPGs that was outside of the, um, the Pokemon realm as well. So those are kind of the main pillars of my RPGs that, that really got me into the gaming space and the RPGs. Uh, what about you, Ryan? So for me, and this is a very silly story that I told on the very first episode, but it's impossible for me to answer this question without saying it. So um, back in the day, of course, back when, before the internet existed back in, you know, the late eighties, um, basically we Uh, we're going to go rent video games from our local video store. So first off, before I go into this real quick, this, the, this, the game I'm about to talk to was not my first RPG I ever played. The very first RPG I ever played was the original final fantasy. I played it at my cousin's house, had no idea it was an RPG. Didn't really get into it. The RPG genre from that. So it doesn't count from this question, but I wanted to add that for preference here. But going back to my story, we were looking for a game to rent one weekend and we went to a rental store in our neighborhood and there was only one game on the shelf, which was Genghis Khan for the NES. Now, Genghis Khan on the NES, not actually an RPG at all. In fact, it's actually a like Romance of the Three Kingdoms style strategy game, essentially. Nice. Um, so it's like, obviously, you know, that's a very, you know, acquired taste, essentially. And, you know, those games are not really my type of thing even nowadays. Um, but we re- decided, you know what, we'll take a chance on this game. See what it is, because there's no other games here, and we really wanted to rent something because we were dead set on them. My dad was like, are you really sure you want to rent this? Because, I mean, it doesn't sound that great. But we were like, no, let's do it. So we took the game home, played it for five minutes, and we were like, what the heck is this? 
<laughs> like, I mean, especially because when you would rent a, a game back in the day, especially a lot of times from a mom and pop stop, which is what uh, this place we rented it from, we didn't have the manual. So it's like referencing a lot of things in the manual as far as, you know, um, how, basically giving you references on what to do in the game. But we didn't have the manual. Mm-hmm. We had no idea what to do with the games, and how to, let alone how to play it. So we ended up actually returning the game to the store that day and ask it. And we decided to ask, you know, the video rental store guy like, hey, what kind of game is this? So we know to stay away from this game in the future. And he told us it was an RPG. So we just assumed, okay, that's an RPG. We need to stay away from all RPGs forever now because because the because of, you know, Genghis Khan on the NES, essentially. But oh, my goodness. So all these years later, you know, I I went years and years without playing RPGs until there was actually a service that some people might be familiar with. uh, Old people like me anyways will remember this called the Sega Channel which was essentially a subscription service that Sega did through your cable company, like through through Turner Cable or um, a bunch of different cable companies where essentially um, you'd sign up for the monthly service and pay a monthly fee and they would give you a special Genesis cart that basically had like your coax cable, you know, uh, screwed into it. And it would allow you. Oh, my goodness. It would allow you to download games from a service that it basically made like certain like ROMs available to you every single month that you basically would download and it would, they would rotate in and out every single month. So we actually went in there and we were, we were scouring through the games that were on Sega channel. Cause I think throughout that time we played almost every game that was on Sega channel, um, going forward. Um, but the game we ran into that really got me into RPGs was shining force two on the Sega Genesis, because, um, we, we happened to, you know, try it out because it was on this, you know, game rental service essentially that just happened to be there but like oh this sounds cool it's got you know wizards and warriors in the description that sounds cool we'll we'll download it so and of course when you download something on Sega channel it takes like 10 minutes just to download the you know one or two megs of data that that rom actually ends up (laughs) through your cable line you know in you know 1994 but uh but we ended up playing that game to death and then i found out later through a magazine that was in fact an rpg so I was like, oh, RPGs can actually be cool. <laughs> so that was the yep. game that really got me into RPGs and really like showed me that RPGs were a genre worth pursuing. And Shining Force 2 is mm-hmm. actually one of my favorite, you know, strategy role playing games of all time made by Camelot, of course, of course. made Golden Sun and the Mario sports games. But man, that was a That was a good time. And, and yeah, that's my story mm-hmm. and how I got into RPGs was, you know, I had a really bad experience one time, but it was it was really Shining Force 2 that kind of turn that around for me so that's how i got into rpg wow okay so the coaxial cable was to the console or to the the cartridge cartridge the cartridge had like Mm -hmm. an actual coax uh slot on the side of it that you just screw it in oh oh you just screw it in oh my goodness that's that's insane yeah i i did not realize that They're pretty That's amazing. some old school stuff, man. The, the wow. Crazy thing with, with Sega Channel as well, Garrett, because first of all, it was so ahead of its time. It was essentially Game Pass, but in 1994. But the craziest thing about it were there were games exclusive in North America to Sega Channel. So the only way you could play them is if you had a subscription to Sega Channel. Kind of like um actually very ra- similar to, you know, the Radical Dreamers thing that we talked about with with Chrono Cross. Mm-hmm. How that was on Satellaview and you had to be as tried to Satellaview to play it. Same deal same deal with some of these games like Mega Man the Wily Wars, which was a remake of Mega Man 1, 2 and 3 from the NES mm-hmm. on the Sega Genesis. The only way you could play that game in North America was on Sega Channel. 
So oh, that's crazy. You had to have the subscription. It was really goofy. And they did that with a lot of games that were exclusive to it. But there you go. That's my old band history lesson about Sega Channel for the day. Um, I, I mean, actually, uh, one of my first episodes, because we announced we're doing um, a new uh, video game history series um, that I'll be recording kind of every single week called Project Pit Stop Gaming History. You know, the, na- the title, wow. Garrett, of course, in honor of Project Triangle Strategy or Project Octopath Traveler is uh, one of the episodes we're going to do is about Sega Channel. So I'll be talking about oh. that more there and in, in more in depth and kind of some of the funny things about Sega Channel. But there you go. We should probably wrap up the show, though, Garrett, because we're like an hour and 20 minutes in. We should probably get going. But before we go, Garrett, plugs go. You can follow me on Twitter at Blind Explosion. You can also uh, see me on the Nintendo Shack, part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. We're live on Thursdays, 9.30 Eastern Time, 6.30 Pacific, and released on podcast services like Spotify, Apple, Google. Um, there's Amazon, too. I, it's there's other too things, too, released around the world. And, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Very nice, my friend. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You can find us on Twitter at Carpool Gaming, on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Carpool Gaming, and on podcast services around the globe. So, For Garrett Bland, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been the 44th level of the RPG Cave, and we're out. Bye-bye. The RPG Cave's mana is powered by patrons over at patreon.com slash carpool gaming. And one way to say thank you to our most 90 patrons, starting off with our ultimate producers, mostly Martinez, Dano, Emily O'Kelly, Dallas Ford, Trucker Sloth, Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music on the Xbox Drive and the Nintendo Drive. You can check out his new album, In My Element. Drew Agnew, Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. We also want to say thank you to our platinum producers, Rebecca Rubin Navarro, Skinny Matt, and Robbie Bobby Miller. And our gold members, Anna W., The Snack Network, Foolish Fuji, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, Tony Baker, Joey Splats, Mac Time, RJ Kern, Jose Jimenez, Argo, Marcus O'Neill, Dallas Robbins, and Celsi Carrazzo. Thank you all for all of your support. And if you're not a Patreon yet, head over to patreon.com slash carpoolgaming and pick the tier that's right for you.